Hi and welcome to this episode of StoryKit Talks. My name is Jonna Ekman and I'm the marketing director at StoryKit. And I was supposed to have Emma Jalmarsson, who is, um, what's her title now? She's our creative production director, I think. Yeah, creative production director. She's been working close to our customers for ages to just make their video production go boom. And she was going to talk to me about all the actual problems that our customers have and how they can manage them. But she's sick. So we're doing something else instead. So me and Heidi has been picking up a couple of questions uh, from social, from our clients, and also questions that I always get when I'm out there talking about video and video marketing. And we're going to try to answer them as good as we can uh, during this, um, well, 30, 40 minute talk. And if you have more questions or if you don't agree with what we're saying or anything please do write in the chat and scream loudly and we will talk to you because yeah we need your input in this so with me today i have of course heidi bodal who is our community manager and if you haven't already joined our facebook group social video and social on Facebook, where we have thousands of video enthusiasts um, discussing video marketing, you should. And since a couple of weeks, uh, Heidi has been really um, throwing out good, valuable stuff for everyone there. Inspiration, um, actionable things, talking about anything that has to do with storytelling and video marketing. So go to Facebook, join video in social media, and uh, yeah, join the fun. With that said, let's start. So I'm going to do the answering, uh, most of the answering, and Heidi's going to do the questions. So let's start. What do you have for me today, Heidi? All right, we'll get right into it. This is probably one of the questions you have get the most, I imagine. And it's, how long should my video be? How long should my video be? That's a question I've gotten the last seven years almost every time I've been on stage uh, and it's so interesting because the answer is actually uh, of course it depends which is probably the answer for most of the questions we get but um, I I have always thought as at StoryKit we have always been saying that your video has to be as as long as it needs to be and as long as you can keep the viewer's attention because if you're telling a story you need to have the space you need to have to actually tell that story. Um, and a couple of years ago, I made an interview with, uh, with Josephine at Facebook, who has been really digging into this. And her answer was the same. And I was so happy because it was not just us saying it. It was actually Facebook who has seen so much data on this. Your video should be as long as you can keep the viewer's attention. And that is, uh, in Sweden, we say how long is a string, like it can be short or long, doesn't matter. But, but that answer doesn't really help because how can I know if I have my viewers' attention? What could a good benchmark be? So I actually, nowadays, include the other answer, which I like, is that if you aim towards 60 seconds for some kind of storytelling, 
that's a good bench. But I mean, uh, there are so many myths flowing around about what what Facebook wants or what the algorithm wants. Someone has read that the video should be five minutes long. Someone has read that they should be 15 seconds long. And what Josephine at Facebook said was that that's probably not true because they don't say that. I mean, uh, of course, there are formats that need specific times. I mean, if you have a if you have a an ad that is supposed to be six seconds, then your video should be six seconds. That's nothing strange. But if you're telling a story, especially in the organic feed, it just needs to be as long as you can keep the viewer's attention. And of course, it's not long as your story needs to be. So, and I think that's quite encouraging because um, if you stare too much at a, like a, if I need my text to be 1,500 words long or I need my video to be um, 56 seconds long, it'll probably set boundaries that I don't like. So it depends. I agree. I have to say, I just before we logged in, I sorted my uh, published post on HubSpot this year. And the top two, one, one video was 10 seconds and one video was almost three minutes and they had almost the same view counts so it really depends on the story yeah that's interesting would love to see the retention on that too Mm. because if you can keep the viewer for three minutes you've done a really good video yes (laughs) okay yeah ready for the next question yes this one goes what formats should i use Oh, and I'm guessing we're not talking about aspect ratios like 16.9 or 1 to 1, or we're talking like actual narrative formats, are we? I think so too. Well, like what what format should I use in my video marketing? What sort of stories should I tell? So, uh, well, first of all, we need to just say that the video production system is entirely broken because we want to do so much video, but we don't know how, and we create far too few videos uh, we should just tell more stories with video and to do that we need to have a video production in place that actually works that doesn't create bottlenecks that isn't dependent on an agency that takes ages there are good agencies I know and don't kill me on that one but we need to do it in-house and we need to have a process and a system and a tool that is that is actually working for us. And one way to do this is to actually create formats or templates for your video creation. And trying to find formats in your content production is one of the things I think is the most fun. Just, I, I often do a uh, a workshop with clients where I go to their sites and just browse through what they're already doing, looking at what are these things? Can, can we put them into formats so we can do not just one of these, but 100 of these or at least 20 of these? And it's often so easy for an external person to actually see these formats and go, let's do a template out of these. Let's do a narrative format out of these. And then we can tell these stories again and again and again without starting from scratch every, every time. Um, And this is one of the things that Emma does with many of our customers. She goes out, identifies formats, the stories that they need to tell. 
uh, and then they create templates. Uh, and I know that two of the most popular ones that she often creates for customers has to do with HR and recruiting. So one, one format that is really popular, popular is, of course, some kind of recruiting video. Uh, and also one format that you're using quite a lot these days, Heidi, is the one where we're saying hi to the newly employed. So uh, I'm guessing you, you've seen that that format really works, does it? Yes, definitely. People is it also like easy it. to produce or you do you have a process to do it? I do. And it's funny because when I tell the tell our new colleagues that I want to do some um, take some photos of you or shoot some videos with you um, to do this sort of interview like formats, people get kind of, oh, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be on a long video. But it literally takes me like 15 minutes to just 15. shoot some. Yeah. Like I take some um, sequences of them um, working, being at the office, talking to a colleague. I send them with the help of our talent acquisition partner, uh, Lisa, used to be Indeed. Um, just a couple of questions. They send back a couple of lines describing what they do, who they are, what they're excited about to do. And um, I just place, the, place their sentences on the slides that I've used 20 times. And it's out there. Yeah. So they don't even talk in the videos. It's just a no. photo. That's a, that's a really good way to do a format uh, because you don't want to bother your colleagues so much. So if they just can send a picture or, or if you could just take a picture or film them for a couple of seconds or minutes, that's awesome. Uh, another I've written down a couple of the that I know that our customers often talk about. They also want to do testimonials in video form. We do that a lot. Um, both um, like we do that as, as stills too, not just as a video, but we do that as videos too. And that's also quite simple. I mean, during the pandemic, we couldn't go out and film our customers because we were all working from home. And we realized that it really worked to just ask them for a picture of themselves and for a good quote or two. And then you could create that video testimonial without needing to go out with that camera. So that's a really popular format too. And then we have like news formats because almost every company these days writes some type of blog posts or have some kinds of, of news feed thing going on. Uh, and then they need to do, I mean, they need to distribute this. And one of the best ways to distribute your content is to do it with, with, with video. Uh, so having a format to do a trailer for an article is what we call them, is really, really good. And one of the reasons it's really, really good to do trailers for article in video form is because uh, you can tell a whole story in the video without telling the whole story. So trying to find uh, a very clear and direct angle in that content and create a video out of that so the person who's consuming the video on the platform can actually stay on the platform is really, really good. So, uh, uh, and then, um, and then um, I lost my, yeah, and then have a, a read more button, of course. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, everyone likes good lists. So list is a really good way to 
to uh, to create formats that is easy to use and you can do them lighthearted and you can do them really, really serious. But just using a list format is really good to keep the viewer's attention because the viewer will know that, okay, these are like five ways that you can or four things that you need to know about. And it's really, really uh, simple to know what you're going to get. Mm. So what did I say? I'm just going to re repeat those formats for you. So uh, a video for recruiting, a video to say hi to the new employees, videos for testimonials, videos for news articles, and then, of course, lists. Those are some of the most popular formats that our customers use today. I can guarantee that's true. I use them and they work very well. I have to say that we had a, a couple of episodes ago, we had Fredrik Strömberg on, and I, I used to get really tired to be frank about making listicles because it feels like you're doing the same thing all the time but announcing to the viewer that i'm going to take this much of your time like five ways to increase video production pace in 60 seconds he called it a cognitive placeholder and i love that like i'm telling you i'm going to take 60 seconds of your time and that's it yeah. then you can scroll on and yeah. i think that's very um, helpful in today's social it really is. So yeah, what's the next question? Okay, the next question goes, how do I create a viral success for my video? <laughs> if I had the right answer to that, I would be a billionaire. But the first thing you need to ask yourself is, is, is do you really want to create a viral success? Is that the goal? Because for most companies, the viral successes are fun if they happen but as for us a b2b company it would be fun but it's not what we can strive to do every day um i mean we need to get so much information out there so much uh, education out there so much about the product or what you use the product for or just showing off our customers or whatever it can be and if we want all of those things to become viral successes, we will be so disappointed because it's not going to happen. And it's not even the goal because a viral success often ticks the wrong boxes. It's a viral success among the wrong audience. Oftentimes, I mean, there are viral successes that are the best in the best audiences but if you're striving for that you're up for a disappointment so the first thing you need to do is to decide what you want what you want your video to do i mean if i want signups for a webinar it doesn't matter if it's a viral success or not as long as it gets the signups for the webinars and as with everything if you start aiming at the wrong goal you will create the wrong content if you're aiming to do a video that you want people to watch the whole thing, but you also want it to be a viral success, it's probably not going to be that good. And if you want a video or if you want the video to make people sign up for demos, but you also want it to be a viral success, it'll probably not be a very good video. So you need to, to know what type of of goal you want to achieve. My best example, I've said it a thousand times, is when I made an article about why you shouldn't show feet in images on Facebook because it can uh, be, uh, it, people can see it as people having uh, sex. Uh, are you supposed to even say that word in a podcast? Well, whatever. Um, 
and it was viral. It was one of our best viral successes. And I started to doing more of that. And I started to put budget behind that article. And I started using it for loads of things. But after a while, when I looked at the data, it didn't drive anything that was worth anything for us. There were a lot of comments. It was a lot of fun. But we didn't get one single lead from that article. Uh, So it was fun. I don't regret it. But I'm not going to aim for creating more of that. Um, so, um, so what should you aim for if you do a viral success? I still need to answer this question. We know that humor works. So if you do one, if you really want to aim for a viral success, you should probably aim for humor. But one thing that you need to have in mind is viral successes don't just pop up and you can't plan them because they have so much with timing to do. They have so much to do with timing. If you are timing them right, if you are picking up something that is happening out in the world and everyone is talking about and you can twist and turn it in your own way, you will probably have some kind of viral success. You need to have your own take on it. Don't just copy everyone else's. So my personal only viral success on LinkedIn was when I published a meme of a guy uh, crashing an egg on his bicep uh, and then there was this uh, and he and he was like yeah this is so cool and then the second thing was that a girl a really tiny girl who did the same thing because cracking an egg isn't that you don't need a lot of muscles to do that and I found it on I don't know Twitter uh, and I put it on LinkedIn with the words this is for every woman who's ever been in a meeting with a male genius. And that was my viral success. But that was picking up something something that was moving already, giving it my own take and just using it. Did it drive anything for me? Did I get a lot of more followers on LinkedIn? Nah, I didn't, but it was fun. (laughs) So humor and timing are two good ways. And I think that a, a cute dog or two won't hurt either. (laughs) <laughs> never hurts you um let's go back to format actually because we got a question in the q a from Enrica. Um, love that wondering if there is a good format for courses or seminars um yeah probably definitely um in Storyki, we have templates for all of the above uh and we will also have a lot of and we also have a lot of ideas on narrative templates for them. Um, so uh, for webinars. Exactly. Uh, so what I've done, what we've been working with a lot is to do a template for the webinar. Just decide on the narrative I want to have. And for us, what has been working quite well has been a video of me, since I'm always talking in these things, where I, I'm on stage just talking. Uh, what happens then is that you catch the viewer's attention quite fast. Someone is talking, someone is doing something and then bam, give a good angle, like really push that webinar headline. Don't start with a come to our webinar because that's, that's not a good reason to go to a webinar because you're having a webinar, but really try to find what is the thing, what is the angle here and start with that. And then, of course, quite fast, come to the sign up here. This is the date. This is the one who's talking. This is what you're going to learn. So start with value and something that catches the eye and just pretty quickly end with 
the practical things. That's the simplest webinar format. And I used it for like every webinar we had last year. And it worked wonders all the time. We actually had much better results on those videos than uh, when we tried still image ads, which is quite unusual, I think, for that purpose. Yeah, you you were good reminding me that I uh, I have to lead with value. Yeah, so I saw I saw actually did I saw see a huge shift in like how the video was um, taken on by the viewers when I started with the like what are you gonna get from this webinar instead of just please join us on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really important thing to remember for every type of video you create, like lead with value, because if I don't understand immediately why I should watch this or why I should click this or why, why I should do anything with this, I won't do it because there are 10,000 other things just screaming for my attention. So it's so easy to fall into the come to our webinar trap. I've done it a thousand times. And then someone says, why should I come to your webinar? It's like, darn, I need to answer that question first. So what's the value in it for them? So, so that's, a really good, um, that's a really good format to use. Thank you. So uh, next question. Yeah. How do I measure the success of a video? How do I know that my video is a good video? Well, once again, you have to tie that back to the goals that you were setting. Um, so if I want to have webinar signups, as Ulrika or we do, um, then, I'm, then I might not even care if people watch the whole video because that's not the point. And then I can make it really short and sweet and just try to do something that, that grabs the viewer's attention. But if I'm trying to tell a story which a lot of the video creation is actually for, um, then I would probably want to see like view throughs or the best, best, best thing is to look at retention. How many people are, how, how many of the viewers are still there when the video ends? Is my retention good enough? And that's a so underused, underutilized um, KPI the retention especially on Facebook they're really good at showing like the harsh truth on how how many people are actually watching your video the whole way through so so um I think there are a couple of different ways to look at it so one do I want people to consume this and if if I want people to consume it I should look at views I should look at retention I should look at view throughs maybe even some kind of uh, engagement, but still, I we see that people watch our videos a lot, but they might not click on like, because that's not really what you do when, when, um, when you're watching a video. If you want something else to happen, if you want to book demos, or if you want people to sign up for your webinar or read your article, of course you need to look at those. So that might be the way to measure success for that specific video. And then if you've made a trailer for an article, you might want to look at both. Are people actually re looking through this? Uh, and are they clicking to read more? And start going from there. But if you, if you, so one of the mistakes that we often see people do is creating a video to do something. And then like webinar signups, and then they put them out there. 
and they go, why isn't anyone liking this? And we all love the likes. We all love and make, might need the followers. We all like the hearts and the smileys and the laughs and all of that. But if that's not the goal, maybe you shouldn't care that much because you will, as I said earlier, start aiming for the wrong things and you will start optimizing your video for the wrong thing. So that's the, the very <laughs> not funny way to, to answer the question, how do I measure success of my video? Well, it depends. It was like the discussion we had this morning um, about measuring ROI yeah. uh, on videos. And because we discussed an article we saw last night, I think, by Dave Gerhardt, the American marketer. And the topic in the article was how do I measure ROI on podcasts mm. and it goes hand in hand a bit because you want to start a conversation, you want to share your point of view, but there's not really a measurable way in numbers to tell are people taking like are people taking part of this. But what we can see is that if I share something on LinkedIn, it might not get hundreds of likes. But eventually we see, we hear from our SDRs that people picked us up on LinkedIn and they reached out to us or yeah. uh, our customer success managers um, tell us that clients or users are coming and wanting the, they want the storyboard ID so they can share it on their own. So you just have to look for those small, um, what is it called? The small... You have to grasp yeah, all those, the, small. uh, yeah, the smaller signals. That is something that Chris Walker, another American marketer, often talks about, the qualitative signals, uh, especially for podcasts, but also for videos. I mean, um, are the right people writing to me saying, darn, I like that video or I like that podcast or I heard it? Are my salespeople telling me, well, you know, they saw you at an event we hosted two years ago. Um, are we talking about the right things? What, what signals do we get? What, who are the people that are responding to what we're doing? Often you need to dig a bit deeper in that. And that is so tough. This is something that there's a lot of talk about these days, like the dark social and the demand gen. How do you measure success for things? But the truth is that we can't measure everything. And if we stare ourselves blind on the things that we can measure, we will miss things that might even be more important. So with that being said, of course, we need the click-throughs and we need the, the bookings and we need all of that. But also, are we seeing the, the right signals from people who are actually consuming our content? And are those the right people? Well, that's a sign that we're doing something right. Yeah. Do you have any questions left for me? I do, because we just received one in the chat, but I think it's seeable for everyone. But um, it goes, what kind of content should my video, should I, should be video be? What kind of uh, what, should be video? Okay, what type of content can I create video of? Or something like that what content should become video. So mm -hmm. at StoryKit, we say video for everything, video for everyone. 
So everything you write can be video, which is a really good starting point. But what we're not saying that is, is that every, everything should always be video because there are stories that are better told in an article. There are stories that are better told in an, with an image or just a GIF. Um, and if you can do that, why not do that? With that being said, um, every story can be video. And one thing that you can do if you have uh, an unbroken video production um, uh, process is that you can actually try. Does this work better in video or does it work better in text? Does this work better in video or does this work better in imagery? Um, because when we talk about video today, we're not talking about the films, like the really expensive um, ad commercials that are going to win prizes in uh, different things. We're talking about a way to put our messages into motion. And why do we want to put our messages into motion? Well, it's because it's more engaging for our audience. That is why we're doing this. And that means that we should try to do it for as much as possible. Um, so it could be, I mean, as I said, it could be an incentivizing tactic. It could be content trailers or something like that. We could use video to hold people's attention, making it easier to take in the info. Uh, we can use it also as a distribution tactics. That's what we're going to do with this podcast that we're recording right now or this live event that we're recording right now. We're going to put it into pieces and into video and publish it in small pieces everywhere on all the platforms. So all content can be video and please try to create video of as much as possible because it often, often works because it's putting your messaging in motion. And that is really what the viewers want. That would be my answer to that question. I like it. And we just got one now in the Q&A. Enrique mm. asked, Love this. how important is the quality of the video? Is a good mobile phone okay to use in a template? Oh, that is also a very interesting question. It, one answer to that is it depends on your brand. So we have brands that are really they want everything to be picture perfect and that brand guide might not allow you to pick up your phone and just film something uh, but I would say that those brands are not few but many brands aren't that particular about the quality and this means that and also I mean we can do a lot of quality things with our phones. I mean, my phone is a better video camera than the actual video camera I had 10 years ago. Uh, so what quality is just changes all the time. And what quality is changes over platforms too. I mean, if you are on TikTok, you don't want your things to be perfect because people will see that that is an ad and I don't want an ad on TikTok. But if you film yourself and it's a bit, messy and uh, scrappy it might work much much better on tiktok so first of all you need to see like what are the brand guidelines how much freedom can i have and if you have freedom then you should just start trying because start filming something or not depends on what tool you're using i mean in story kit you don't even need to have actual film 
start taking pictures, start using pictures, or start using um, stock photos or anything. But the very, very, very thing that you shouldn't, uh, uh, that you really, really need to be, uh, um, oh, I lost the English word. That you need to be that you that you can't just skip on quality is the is the script, because if you don't write a good script, uh, your video won't work uh, probably. So, when it comes to assets and imagery, it doesn't have to be perfect, but pay attention to the script and the story you're telling. Because if you're telling the right uh, the wrong stories and telling them in the wrong way, it doesn't matter if you have the most beautiful imagery in the background that you've ever seen because it still won't work. So that is my tip for you. And I mean, being very, very peculiar, is that even a word? It, being very, um, what is nogran in English? If, uh, Never mind. Uh, thorough? being very thorough with your with your script my tips is to be very very thorough when you write your script take that very very seriously and then if you can also have really nice imagery and stuff it's a good bonus and it'll probably make your video a tad a, a wee bit better but if that story isn't in place it doesn't matter it won't work anyway i agree i mean I'm guessing like 95% of the, the images and the video that I consume on social platforms these days are taken with an iPhone or a smartphone. So I'm very, I'm not going to, it's very common. So we don't really like, we don't get surprised if something isn't like shot with a Canon 500. I don't know what they're called. But the one thing I'm going to remember is the message Yeah, that someone is telling me. Yeah. Back to the script. yeah, and it doesn't always have to be text, but in our case, it's 99% the text that is actually. But I, I don't like to talk about the text either, because what matters here is the story. If the story isn't right, the video won't be right. That is the whole thing. And that is also something Frederick said in the last episode of this podcast, that if, if someone messes up the colors or messes up the, I don't know, other things that you often think about as brand, well, okay. But if someone tells the wrong story, then you will really be like, what? What happened here? I mean, I don't care if the Coca-Cola logo once or twice is blue because some intern just happened to make it blue. Um, but if they start telling the wrong stories, I will really be like, what is this? So true. <laughs> love fine. I love coming up with examples <laughs> in live. <laughs> Just yeah. They probably made their logo blue once or twice. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Are we reaching the end of the question the question buckets, or do we have anything else? Um, I think. Well, I don't have any uh, anymore. No? And we've got really good ones in the Q&A and in the chat. So, yeah, I'm really happy that you participated. Thank you, Ulrika, mm -hmm. for those questions. We got a couple of others. So thank you all who sent, sent in questions for us. Uh, as I said, as I 
didn't say, uh, we will be doing this uh, live event slash podcast recording uh, bi-weekly the whole fall. And it'll be me with some type of guests. It might be Heidi, it might be Frederick, it might be Peder, our CEO. Uh, but it also might be someone completely different. And we will talk about storytelling, content marketing, and video creation throughout the fall. So please join us at the same time every second week throughout the fall. And you will just learn a lot of stuff and, stuff and be able to ask a lot of stuff. So thank you for joining us today. Hope to see you again in two weeks. And uh, let's story kit it. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye.